Hey, Renee, Chris, and Ryan going live. Best podcast, Beauty and the Beast. Sit back and catch a vibe. Oh, yeah, we talking zombies and apocalypses and all those things you like. Go in beast mode, and if you didn't know, it's Peter Z up on the mic. Hey, TWD family, grab the snacks about the pantry and subscribe and like them. If you can, please, or those walkers eat you like some candy. Hey, hey, <laughs> okay. You at the right place at the right time. No one does it better. That's the bottom line. Beauty and the Beast. This is prime time. Let's go. What's going on, guys? We are here. Uh, so, as you guys can see, our, our setup is slightly different this week. Um, I'll let, you know... I. I'll let Chris go ahead and explain if he if he wishes. Oh yeah, so um, I have COVID. <laughs> um, I've had COVID for uh, almost seven days. A um, little scary because I found out Tuesday afternoon after Ryan and I and had filmed together in my house. Um, so I've been worried all week. He's thankfully been uh, good, no symptoms or nothing. He's tested negative a bunch of times. Um, Renee obviously is safe because you know I couldn't give it to her through the computer, but um, couple states away. Yeah. So this is our social distancing uh, podcast right here. <laughs> uh, but still here, we work and leave you guys high and dry. Week two, episode two, and uh, we're gonna dive in. Rain or shine, we are here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rain shattered COVID. Um. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. I'm all right. You know, a little bit of a fever here and there, but most more just congested. So, but all is good. Well, I'm glad you could join us. Yeah, me too. It was almost it was almost uh, Beauty and the Beast. Chris, uh, Chris <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't sure Chris was going to be up for it tonight, but I'm glad he is. Yeah, no, I'm good. I took my meds. I'm ready to go. And this is a uh, this is a podcast first, but I have you guys in my bedroom. That's <laughs> uh, where that's where you guys are for me. So. Well, I figured I'd say that now before Lucy gets in here, and you know, uh-huh. <laughs> Dave, worst computer virus ever. <laughs> yeah, that's no, true. <laughs> yeah, so I got yeah. I don't see the chat. I don't see anything tonight. I'm just kind of. I'm I'm basically the guest tonight, hanging out with Renee and Ryan, and they're controlling everything. So Renee, Renee, and I will happily moderate for you guys and <laughs> and do what we got to do. Yeah. So uh, what are we here for, guys? Let's discuss this episode. <laughs> yeah. There's a yeah. lot to unpack here. <laughs> I mean, we were left with a cliffhanger last week. Yeah. Um, literally, quite literally, a cliffhanger. <laughs> poor, poor Maggie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't feel bad for her, really. Well, <laughs> I felt bad for her until this episode. Right. And then I was like, she got what was coming to her. <laughs> yeah. Kind of ebbs and flows, through, like, my my emotions and feelings for her through this whole episode. Because she dives into the real dark story of, you know, shit that her and Herschel went through. And, um... So uh, you know, my I went on like this roller coaster ride of emotions on like how I felt about her throughout the whole episode. So you know, it's kind of hard to be human when you know, because half the half the things they 
seeing on their own by themselves or with a group, we haven't been a part of that, you know, they're, you know, cause they've been somewhere else. So, um, you know, it's, it's amazing that I, th- I think it's amazing. She still is as human as she is right now yeah. <laughs> with her after explaining that one story. And I, 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 I feel like she's at the point where, where she's kind of coming to a, coming to a head where it, it's, it, to me, it almost seems like she's on the border of losing her humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and just because of the fact that, you know, she starts talking about, um, the, you know, the woman in the house and she goes, you want to know what I thought? That they must, that if they're alive, there must be food. And she goes, yeah. I feel nothing. And that's one thing I think that The Walking Dead has actually done really successfully is, in my opinion, yeah, the zombies are there, the walkers are there, but it's, it's, you know, what's it, what is it? Fight the dead, fear the living. You know what I mean? It really does show how different people, different psyches react in an apocalyptic scenario. You know, yeah. you have people who lost their shit right away, like Negan, and, and Alpha. You know what I mean? She kind of built up to it, but still. And then you have people like Maggie. Here we are, ten years into the apocalypse, and she's finally snapping. Right. And so, and then like, and then you have people like Negan who are now more humbled, more um, like almost like trying to earn their humanity back. Right. At least that's how it seemed to me. Yeah, that's how it feels. I mean, I think that might be a general feeling on him. I, he's trying to redeem a lot from his past, you know, be more human. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, so let's, you know, we'll kick off, you know, where, where the, the show opens up um, with them making their way through the, the cars again, the uh, subway cars, you know, and, um, I know Dave's going to enjoy this because I do have my gripes about that whole situation. We t- we talked about it prior. You know, I've, we've all been on multiple different platforms of transportation. And, you know, trains, subways, you know, I've traveled to Europe. You know, everything is pretty much that I've ever been on personally has been a train car or a subway door slides open. For some reason, whatever whatever type of cars these were, these were doors that opened on hinges. And I just, I didn't like it. I just, just very, it wasn't, it wasn't real to me because in my head, I know that that's not how things are built and how things are made, you know? It kind of is just like, I feel like you did this to add this suspense to the show, you know? Uh, I don't know. It just, it wasn't real to me. Um, but that's just my opinion. You know, it, you got Sasquatch with a sledgehammer. You know, uh, the guy's easily 300-something pounds. You know, hitting hitting the door with the, the head of the hammer this way. And I'm just like, look, man, use your, your 300. That guy had to be, I'm guessing, 300 and oh, yeah. 340 pounds. Yeah. And well above six foot. Yeah, well above six foot. Yeah. You got a foot, bro, and it's probably a big one, you know, or swing that sledgehammer the way it's supposed to be swung. Yeah, or shoulder check it. Or, yeah, I mean, something. But, you know, that whole process there just, you know, didn't sit well with me, and I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, And the fact that the excuse they gave was that the train cars are rusted. Yeah. Rust is yeah. not that strong. <laughs> well, 
rust would make it weaker. It, exactly, it, it would weaken the structural rust integrity the of the door. Eroded. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, it's just stuff like that. Where I just, you know, it's like, eh, you know, they they got. So that's where you know you find like the lazy writing sometimes. I think, yeah. um, or like lazy ideas. You know, like, but. You know, and, that's that's us. That's where you need like a clear, a clear leader in that situation, someone mm-hmm. who's going to sit there and say, you know, we need to do A, B, and C because of D, E, and F. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They need to give those reasons and and give that game plan, and that wasn't being done. It it was almost like there was just, an, and I know it was probably intentional for some reason, but it was like they were just kind of half half assing it. Yeah. But, uh... Well, I mean, and you know, look, Maggie comes knocking on the on the floorboard, you know. Oh, the, ma- the magical goes, service hatch. Now. So he he's he's saying it's SOS, and you know, I'm like, all right, yeah, they probably do no Morse code because it's been so long. Okay, I get it. It's probably like a train thing, so that makes sense. But it's like, so if you were that hard up to get the hell out of there, get back into the get back into the ground where Maggie was crawling around and keep going. You know, like if things are that bad and you can't get out, but she was able to get in through there, then there must have been access underneath. You know, and then I had the same situation where she trapped a kid. I get it; the kid's a douchebag. I mean, he was. You know, he's a young idiot. Yeah. But you know, I would have been like, "Hey, you want in here so bad? Pop that floorboard and crawl your ass over here." You know, it. W- and I know that's easy to say because it's like, "Oh, well, that's that's an easy fix," but they needed him to die you know yeah. which i understood, you know i understand the story you know of, and i guess that's where the emotions flow with maggie back to you know her being a hypocrite like you said ryan yeah you know i mean just you know like two minutes before that she was getting ready to shoot negan for leaving her behind and she just mm-hmm. did it to one of her own people who for all intents and purposes gave her no reason to do so yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. You know what I mean. And and that's where I, that's part of why I think she's losing her humanity. Right. You know, one of the examples of of how she's losing her humanity because if you go back, you know, a couple seasons and and you know, because of the time jump, you're talking five, six, seven years. You know that Maggie would have opened that uh, that train car and, and would have yeah. done anything she could to save anybody. And and here we have this callous person who sat there stone faced. While Gage, right, Gage, while he while yeah. he got eaten alive, and, and he literally sat there stabbing his own heart, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and killing himself. And that's a lot of people on online. You know, they're arguing. Oh, Negan did this. Negan did that. Yeah. Okay. We all know that. We know what Negan did. We, you know, we all know that. But my whole thing is, this is a situational thing. You know, we're looking at the fact you know, right now what's going on and what has happened in this episode. And, 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 you know, like you said, it's, it's the hypocritical part of it. It has nothing to do with who, you know, everybody's like, well, the kid was a douche. Well, yeah, he was. It, it, it has no, you know, whoever was in the train car, you know, it doesn't matter who was in the train car. It could be anybody. It, it's the fact of the matter that, you know, within her next breath, she was doing the same thing that she just yelled at Megan about. And then, oh, we don't have the ammo to do this. Well, then as soon as he's dead, oh, wow, we have the ammo. Let's get in there now, you know? And and that's the problem, you know? It's not, it has nothing to do with the past and any, you know, thing that anyone did. And I feel, you know, I think they're setting it up 
Maggie and Megan are going to have some sort of an alliance. We've seen the, the pictures, you know, of them together. There's going to be some some reason. I don't know what that is. And they're setting that up with, mm-hmm. you know, her handing him the gun and him, you know, she's showing that trust. She handed him that gun. He took the gun. And then he's honoring that trust when he hands the gun back to her. He could have kept it. He could put his pocket, you know, just kept it. But he honored her trust by giving that gun back to her. And as she's telling that story, he could relate to her thoughts. And he finished her thought with the same, you know, they're, they're, I, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, he was on this end of the spectrum and she was on this end. And throughout these years, they've kind of came to where they're all, they're, they're the same. You know, they're coming to where they're the same person. They, they have no emotion. They have no there's just no difference between the two of them at this point. And I think that the type of person, and, and Renee, I think you're hundred percent right because you like you said, you had Maggie on this side where mm-hmm. she was willing to do anything for anybody, even to a fault, even to even jeopardizing her own people and her own safety. And then you have Negan who didn't put up with any of that. And now all of a sudden you find them coming in the middle and they're almost at a point where Carol was, like, I I mean, the time jump was, what, five, six years? Right before the time jump, that's the point that Carol was getting to. And so we start seeing more people that are kind of in this morally gray area. And I, I don't know if that's intentional. They're trying to, you know, to try to show that you kind of have to skirt that, that black and white line. I don't know. But I feel like it's, it's a lot of that savagery that Carol was showing where she was like, well, you know, I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> you know, and everybody else be damned, and that's kind of yeah. how I feel like Maggie's getting. And I think, you know, when Carol was getting to that point, she started getting really reckless, and she started making right. mistakes, and she realized it, and she made a change, and she started to, she started, especially when she started getting closer to Daryl, that's when she was starting to realize maybe this isn't the right way of handling it, and now she's kind of, you know, in, in a better place with that, at least, you know whatever but now i think maggie and i think maggie is super reckless and negan is being way too cautious mm-hmm. and so they have to kind of find that middle ground yeah i mean i think it, it, you know it's a good point you can look at cautious is a good word or you know playing it safe kind of like he knows that people want him dead he knows maggie wants him dead or at least that's what we all think you know, um, so yeah, I mean, playing it safe, wanting to survive, you know, and not become this woman victim because of what he did, you know, in his past. So I mean, he makes it, you know, when when uh, when they grab him up and have him pinned, you know, in in the subway car there, you know, he makes it very well known. Like if it wasn't for me, <laughs> you, you know, the saviors. I mean, um, uh, oh my God, sorry, I have COVID. Uh, um, <laughs> The whispers, yeah. I mean, if if he wouldn't have went and, and killed um, Alpha, it would have been who would who would have done it? Nobody. He said, it but everybody, what do you know? Their head would be on a spike right now. Yep. So and he's know. absolutely correct. Yeah. And it's like 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 I think I mentioned last week. You know, you you could sit there and yell at Negan all you want, and you could hold the past against him. But at this point, that was seven eight years ago like you know a lot lot of people changing a lot in eight years i'm not saying that you should be you know sitting on the campfire with negan you know saying hell dancing kumbaya but respect the fact that you would you and your entire community 
there's a 99.9% chance you would all be dead right now had he not killed Alpha. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, with Maggie returning, obviously, I think when she thought she would return, he'd either be dead or, you know, in prison or something. Taking care part of. of our community. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, Linda yeah, had a I mean, great I... point, too. Gabriel, you know? Yeah. I was just going to say that, yeah. We're talking about Gabriel in the chat, about him calling Gage a coward. And they're all like, uh, <laughs> hello, when we met you, you were on a boulder screaming, you know? Well, that's, that's yeah. like, what, what's his name where he goes, that's a pretty hot take, father. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, and it's, it's easy for us because we've all been with the show forever to, to, yeah. to go and recall these other times but then put in perspective the time that's ela you know it's elapsed and it's like you know of course this person's changed and now he's like you know he's a coward yeah yeah and i guarantee gabriel would admit he you something he would say is he is what i used to be you know what i mean like he would admit it i don't think he wouldn't admit it he knew he was a coward yeah yeah and you know what i was thinking too is if you look at the way that Maggie was treating Gage, and especially coupled with it, with what Father Gabriel was saying about him, about him being a coward, and Maggie's actions seem to indicate that's how she felt about him too. If you go along that route, she's even more of a hypocrite because she has a close, you know, before she left, she had a close relationship with Eugene. She was getting close mm -hmm. with him. He's probably the show's biggest coward. And then you have, you know, Father Gabriel, who up until recently was also a coward, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and he just recently started to kind of assume reality and realize that the divine spirit's not going to protect you. <laughs> you got to protect yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and so Matt and she's close with Father Gabriel, you know, so it's mm -hmm. like that makes her that much more of a hypocrite in my mind, at least, because it, it's like. If you if you damn one, you damn all. Right. And, and you just condemn Gage to death for being a coward. Meanwhile, you surround yourselves with cowards. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. One second. I had to turn off something on my phone. It was okay. bothering me. No worries. <laughs> I'm back. I think, um, I, I think Father Gabriel, you know, ever since the maze incident, you know, he's really... That really, I think that really affected him. You know, that was a tough, that was tough, man. And, and a dark, you know, that was a dark thing to go through. And so I, I kind of feel like that's going to kind of rear its head at some point too. You know, we see him say that Linda quoted that line, you know, God, it doesn't exist or yeah, it doesn't exist anymore or whatever he says, you know, he said something and, you know, so I, I kind of feel like that's going to come back, you know, for him. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was a tough episode. <laughs> yeah. It really was. I mean, we talked about, you know, the first episode being pretty dark and this one took a took a turn for probably about as dark as i think they might have ever gone as far as like a not a backstory but a story for one of the characters yeah, you yeah. Know? and maggie talking about you know how her and herschel were on the road and coming across that old man who you know couldn't push the cart and um you know i mean that that's that's some pretty some pretty deep dark pretty good writing you know so it, it that that whole you know you know we, we talked about it before like the stuff that she's that she's been through on her on her own in the past you know uh seven eight years is just uh 
for her to still have, you know, some kind of humanity, it's without being like completely like a like Morgan from Clear lost, and you know what I mean, just pretty much saying kill everything, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Is I think it's, it speaks a lot, you know, because she still does have Herschel as that's her main objective to, to give him as normal life as possible. But um, yeah, that was that was a rough story. That was that was dark as hell. <laughs> you know, you know, a lot of that episode was really predictable in my mind, and uh, a lot of it, you know, I just I felt like it was kind of poor writing, you know, whatever have you. Um, I can honestly say when she started talking about that, I never would have expected that. Um, yeah, and, and like you said, Chris, it was really dark, even for Walking Dead. And some of the stuff yeah. they've done, um, but I I just didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they started, you know, getting towards that that I guess I don't know. I don't. I'm trying to recall if anybody else has ever kind of like said uh, like a back history of like a story like that, and I don't think anybody ever really has had something that you know terrible you know to, to talk to, to like that they went through or sell or you know personally went through or even witnessed so i think i mean that's definitely... such a wide variety of like dark backstories for people yeah. but it's right. like it's like varying degrees like you could you could go into like you know carol's domestic violence with her husband you, you know what i mean right. shit she went on you know early on where he he quite literally was beating her um, mm-hmm. and then you go into stuff like that, you know, look at, look at the first, first walker we ever saw was a little girl, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and she was carrying her, you know, her stuffed animal and, and mm-hmm. Rick had to put her down and, and that yeah. really kind of set the mood for, for the whole show to say that like, you know, if, if that's going to be the first walker that Rick sees and, and the first walker, the first on screen death we see mm-hmm. that just kind of almost like Game of Thrones for me where they kind of showed that we're not afraid to kill people. We're not right. afraid to take it to that, to that, that point that people might not expect to, that we'll take it to. Yeah. Speaking of stuffed animals, did anybody notice that that bunny rabbit that Maggie found is the same bunny rabbit that's in the photo with the two boys that, um, Daryl finds. That's what I wondered. It looks like the same exact stuffed bunny rabbit. Mm-hmm. I didn't I notice was, that. Yeah, Cause I saw it. Yeah. I wondered about that. If that's what they were showing. Yeah, that would have significance, you know. Yeah, I know. But today, when I did the rewatch, I noticed it. Yeah. And I, Daryl. So I, let's talk about Daryl now. I mean, dog takes him through the bowels, uh, <laughs> and literally brings him into like, once again, just a. You see the things that are painted on the walls, the things that are written on the walls, and it's <laughs> once again, it's it's dark shit. Like yeah. this is not, you know, it really blew my mind. I'm like, these people are going deep. They're really trying to like make you feel how society collapsed and like you know the guy with the or his arm chopped off in a suitcase full of money, money meaning absolutely nothing in this type of world, <laughs> you know. And then the, the the paintings on the wall with the rich people wearing crowns, and then as Daryl follows that, you know, you see the the person with the crown on, but everyone it looks like they're beating the shit out of them or tearing them apart. I have no idea. Um, it literally depicts like the fall of society and like you know well, money like means shit. Yeah, they're saying like the uh, Angel King talked about that being kind of representative of the Commonwealth because 
you know, the Commonwealth is so class oriented and it mm-hmm. has to do with that. Cause that first family you see with the crowns, you see them, they're rich with the crowns and then you see them and they're homeless with the, they're showing their crowns, but they're homeless. Right. And then, yeah. So it's supposed to be kind of like that with, I guess, foreshadowing of the Commonwealth or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. I, it just, you know, it was yeah, really valid. You got notes being written on hundred dollar bills, yeah. you know, from kids and, it's uh yeah it's just like what everybody fights for every day today don't mean shit in this world doesn't mean anything you know and then the map that was that he saw written on the on the wall it was listed that they had like uh, the word demons written like mm-hmm. a certain yeah so like they were referring to the, the dead as demons and stuff like that so it was cool to like watch obviously i, I usually do try to rewatch. I unfortunately never really get to do it but having having nothing else to do it was fun to actually like rewatch and like really be able to pay attention to everything and yeah. uh and pick up on these things so it was uh hope to be able to do it more often and that do- so on, on that i didn't i didn't go back and rewatch it well i watched it twice but then i read um, someone posted on twitter that something on that um that daryl found said something about or radio and something and they were saying something about it reminded them of something with morgan and rick did anyone catch anything with that so I'll have to go back and get a picture. I'll have to get a screenshot of that and see. But yeah, somebody had said something that it reminded them of Morgan and Rick and something with a radio. And it was, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if any of you guys in the chat caught any of that. Well, but... that's like Linda made a great point about, you know, comparison. And uh, it was about um, how Gage's death kind of resembled the way that Noah died. And the fact, oh, yeah. and the fact mm-hmm. that Glenn could not prevent Noah from dying, yet Maggie could have. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's actually a really cool comparison, um, because yeah. I, I hadn't realized it in, until Linda said that. Leave it yeah. up to Linda. Yeah. Hi said she said she saw that, and they were going to listen to the radio every day, just like Rick and Morgan. So that said that on the on the on, bill. on the note. Yeah. yeah. On the hundred dollar bill. Yeah. Yep, on a hundred dollar bill. So yeah, yeah, I just thought someone said that, but I didn't. I didn't actually read it on there. So thanks for confirming that. Oh okay. yeah. So yeah. We got uh, any questions for anybody yet? No, I got questions. They're just talking. You know, I'm kind of. We're trying to. I'm trying to bring things up as they. Um. <laughs> um. Chris, you'll appreciate this. I think Devil's Fan 1. Isn't that Mike? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he goes, the first walker was a Texas Ranger. <laughs> You're an ass, Mike. Texas Ranger. Uh... I missed that. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> M- Mike used to work with Chris and I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, he's not wrong, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, we, uh, we get to the Commonwealth scenes and, uh, Yumiko is, you know, planning to, uh, huh? She's a badass. That's what she is. She is, right? Yeah. <laughs> she definitely went off. Well, she well started... that was funny because last week we were talking about how we're like, well, we don't really know much about her. I mean, not, you know, I'm kind of lukewarm to her. And then I was like, okay, I like her now. Yeah. The, the minute that she started calling out the interviewers and she goes let me yeah. guess you were a forensic psychologist 
and I was like, like uh, oh, yeah, damn, she's like, right. <laughs> like hard swallow. <laughs> she was, yeah, because her, her thing was like, you think you're assessing me? Let me tell you, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. and, and the best part was that she was like, and she goes, and you know you need me. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, all right, well, I mean, it worked, obviously, but <laughs> I, I think at the end of the day, I think that she doesn't have the upper hand in any way, shape, or form, despite the fact that she thinks she does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the Commonwealth was going to accept her princess and Eugene regardless, but I think they wanted to put them through the ringer first, almost to break them. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, so if you look at it as a whole, you know, they took Ezekiel, they gave him treatment. I guess you want to call it treatment. You know, um, he said he took some medicine, he was able to sleep and everything. So. It, is it kind of like, you know, they kind of buttering them up a little bit, you know, let's show them everything we can do for them or whatever. But I, you know, there's, uh, there's two sides to every coin. So I'm just waiting for that coin to flip mm-hmm. and, and see exactly what they really have planned, I guess, for them. Um, because, you know, Renee, and I don't know if you want to bring this up or not, but the fact that you dropped on me and uh, Ryan about Stephanie, not really being Stephanie. <laughs> yeah so she so i don't know what happened exactly but the the girl that was presented as stephanie last night isn't who who was cast as stephanie so whether they recast her and they've just not made the announcement or she's a plant who's trying to get information out of eugene so if you look on imdb and everything the original gal is still listed as playing stephanie and that's not her and this gal, if you look at her information, she's listed as woman two or something like that. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, but I, you know, I feel like she's a plant because they want to know, they want to know where Alexandria is. And they're, I, I feel like they're planting this gal to get that because Eugene is so, you know, he's just so starstruck by her. Love. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and well, so, I so like, let's look. Let's see what we found out about Eugene breakdown. No, 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 no. Let's see what we found out about Eugene this this week. Uh, He's a virgin. Uh, (laughs) He he doesn't. uh, I forgot the word he used, but he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. There's there's Mr. Pickles himself. With his pickles. Yeah. The blood splatter. Um, you know. So he's a he's just a boobing boob eyes. <laughs> a boobing boob. A like boobing he just boob. you know he would give you he would spill the beans on anything. You know what I mean? It's just like he still didn't because if, if remember the questions that they asked him, they asked they, he asked him about the size of the community and what they were doing going to the radio station. And he side skirted about the size of the community and he just said that him and his friends we're going to the radio station. So like he still didn't give up anything about the community, which is obviously, you know, very nice of him not to do. Um, but it's coming now that Stephanie's in the picture. Yeah, she's gonna milk him like a cow. It's gonna it's all over. And and, yeah. and not only that, but like one thing that, you know, I'll point out is that the only reason he didn't spill the beans is because his coward act worked. If oh. it if it hadn't and they applied more pressure to him you know, he would have cracked like a cheap pickle jar. You know, it just—you <laughs> could it's tell. Com- you could tell he was getting to that point. Yeah. 
Well, see, now I'm wondering what's going to happen. If if what Renee's saying is true, and they planted this decoy Stephanie, I'm wondering what kind of Eugene will get when he finds out he's been played. You know what I mean? Angry. And I think, and I know, Ryan, you stated last week that by the end of the season, I'll, I might like Eugene because of whatever. This could be the reason why I end up liking him, because maybe if they do him dirty enough, he'll do something that really gives him the, you know, in the, in the butt. <laughs> think, think about Eugene and, and what type of person he is and how his mannerisms are. The minute that he heard Stephanie open oh, her yeah. mouth, I think he knew it wasn't her. I, I I honestly do. I think that he realized that he, they were trying to pull a fast one on him, and I think he's going to feed her false information. It's possible. I mean, yeah, he did talk to her on the radio for yeah. how many hours well, he, or whatever. Yeah, in the chat, they were talking about how he's smart, and um, um, you know, Renee says that um, she thinks that Eugene will reverse it and get the intel on the Commonwealth. Um, mm-hmm. And then Pi Pi said Eugene's pickle hasn't been out of the jar, and <laughs> she said that um, Eugene was very smart about the community. That is true, but it's going to change when fake Stephanie has him by the pickle. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a mini gherkin, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and I mean, and there wasn't too much to really go off of, like those three this past week i mean that's that's you know you had you had princess you know very short pieces here and there where she you know she she wanted to go to the bathroom and then she spoke to the one guard in spanish so she knew that that one guard was spanish somehow or another you know she's perceptive that's for sure man she knows she sees things yeah yeah and you know she She was she was liking that oh yeah um you know, she, you know, she was excited about using toilet paper and, yeah. uh, you know, and that's, we don't see her again until they bring Eugene. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> there wasn't too much that they didn't give us too much on them this week. Um, besides them being accepted. And then, um, oh, what does he say? <laughs> what does he say to uh, Ezekiel at the end? That he went to- oh, I was a graduate of West Point, West asshole. Point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> West Point is only about 45 minutes. I think well, about an hour from me and Ryan. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> West Point, West Point Military Academy. Yep. So, yep. I mean, it's been fun to, like, see, like, you know, little, not, not that it means anything, you know, really, but it's the fact that, like, you know, West Point's mentioned and it's, you know, in our backyard. So, <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's yeah. pretty cool. I think, I think that, you know, again, I think that a lot of things that are put into the story of the of each episode is put in there intentionally. And mm-hmm. so when Ezekiel, you know, in the first episode, you know, called him like an asshole beat cop or whatever, I think, I think that's, I think that's what he called them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah. that's why, that's what prompted him in the second episode to say, I graduated West Point, asshole. You know, mm-hmm. that's to prove a point is that the Commonwealth, even in the comics, is very militant. They're very, mm-hmm. they're very much about order, you know, and and keeping chaos, you know, away, and you know, restoring what was, you know what I mean, and making it better. And I think that that was to prove a point that like one of their top guys is a military man, and that's mm-hmm. for a very particular reason. Yeah, yeah, law and order. You know, I mean, to 
Yumiko, you know, when she was talking to both the people, you know, she, she pretty, pretty much told them, like, you know, you talked about you drilled one of my people over a $2 bill, which means you guys value money in a certain, certain way, but, you know, you got to control it, you know? So, like, she, she broke it down to where, like, she understands that this community is high-functioning, and it's kind of basically as a political system, yeah. you know? But it was very so, weird, because in the first episode, didn't they find, like a uh, like, a bin, and it was full of money? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there was something about yeah. wasn't there burnt money or something? There yeah. it was a clip or in the tree. There were yeah, there was something. I don't know what. Yeah, not sure about that. So I th- <laughs> like one of the theories that I, that I thought was that they burned the 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 pre-fall money and were mm-hmm. printing their own money to make their own economy. So right. that if if the if the governments of the world ever you know maybe they, maybe they've been in hiding this whole time if they ever decided okay you know what the Walker pop the Walker population is low enough now we could we could start trying to rebuild society they wouldn't have the money to to support that economy yeah I don't know right so in the chat let's see so Renee asked did anyone else think that the five people attacking the king on the mural where Daryl was was foreshadowing Ezekiel's death. And I did the first time they showed that clip like in a teaser, I kind of wondered about that. If mm-hmm. that had anything to do with, you know, because that's, you know, the king that we think of when we're, you know, in The Walking Dead. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, look, there's a there's there's supposed <laughs> to be a couple of deaths yeah. that should be coming up, you know, and it, I mean Ezekiel obviously should have been dead a long time ago. Yeah. But, <laughs> You know, they're playing. They like, got the cancer thing and everything else. So, like, kind of, kind of wondering if they're just gonna like. Is it gonna be like an he dies of natural, you know, causes with the, or you know, are they gonna is something tragic gonna happen to him? You know, someone then, someone had pointed out. I don't remember who it was in the chat that maybe Yumiko's brother. You know, he's a cardiothoracic surgeon. Maybe he maybe he's yeah. gonna try to perform surgery on Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Maybe he dies during the operation. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. To, yeah. And then we got Gabriel. He sh- his death should be coming. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. If if anybody else is gonna die next, I mean, I know I know you guys haven't seen. <laughs> no, you guys haven't seen three, but. Oof. <laughs> I know what I'm watching after this. I intentionally oh. did not watch it because I did not want to have to do what I did last week and pay very yeah. close attention to what I said. Oh, no. It's very, very easy to distinguish three from two, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Linda was asking about Negan. So she, Linda said, I have a question about Negan, by the way. The moment where Negan said bad memories when they were in the subway um, car. Are you asking what that was? Then Pi said it could have been when Negan and Gabriel were trapped together during the war, and they were in that, the you know they got trapped in that little when they had the conversation and all that, and that's kind yeah. of what I, that was the only thing I could think of. I don't they know were what like else. A little hut on the car. Yeah, they were like in that hut for a while. Yeah, because they you know it was like the hands on the outside and all that, and that's kind of what I thought too. Um, yeah. I mean, or it's something that they haven't divulged yet from his past. Yeah. I mean, he, DC tour guide, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And um, then uh, Pi said, Chris looks so buff from this angle. Just saying. So, you know. <laughs> it's all about the angle. And... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Um... All right. So, where, were, where are we? Where are we? All right. We were talking uh, Commonwealth. I think we're 
Yes. Oh, so yeah, we're back. We're back with the main group, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and we talked about. So I know in the pre-show we talked about the the gun that Maggie had given um, to Negan, and they're all sitting around discussing what the next, you know, what the next step is. And during that, Negan hands the gun back to her, and they have this this just paused, staring, like you know. Like tense little, moment. Yeah, like little ten, like little tense moment there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just you know the way the way Negan was holding on to the barrel. If you look at like he, the way he was holding it, it's like kind of pointed towards him. You know, and I'm just like I'm thinking to myself, why would you want to give her any any <laughs> chances if she doesn't already need to you know need or want to take? Like you know she does. Um. But I like like we said, I think that that relationship is it's coming together. I don't even mean to call it a relationship, but it's just these two people who I think share more in common now than they obviously ever did. Um, and it's just, you know, they're, I don't know if it was tension or it was like a affirmation of like, thanks for trusting me. Here's your gun back. I, you know, like, I, I was trying to read that, and I just wasn't, that's kind of like what I got. Like, thanks for trusting me, here's your gun back, you know, truce. <laughs> I mean, Pi made a great point. You know, Pi said when Negan gave the gun back, it was empty, so it's less of a gesture. I, I, I don't I don't agree with that, though. I, I think that it was a very symbolic gesture um, to, to show more respect than anything, um, because he could have kept it on him. And, and at any point, he could have stolen at least one bullet from somebody. I'm sure that they, in the apocalypse, they're, they're not inventorying bullets. You know, I mean, maybe they, maybe they were when they were, you know, when they were, um, you know, creating them, crafting them. But, like, right now, it's about it's strictly about the survival. So how easy would it have been for him to get his hand on one bullet, and now he's got a loaded firearm. And, that you know, if you know what you're doing, all you need is one bullet. <laughs> and he could kill Maggie. The fact that he relinquished the control of the firearm like that... I think was more symbolic than anything to say, look, you can trust me. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, so, and so they go and they, Maggie says they're going to go hit up some place that George, Georgie um, had set up like a compound thing where there's food and weapons and everything else. So that's where they head off and that, you know, before they go to Meridian. Um, some of the, why did that just come up? Why? I, I still have all. The, I've got all these questions. Maggie's not telling us something. There's something she's holding. Right. Back. Yep. And I just, just like I was telling you guys before, I was saying how, um, you know, Agatha Frost and Duncan, they are like they're they're military. They're not civilians. There's something, whether they were Reapers or I don't know what, but there's something more to them than just Cole. You know, Cole. I mean, Cole's great. He's pretty good fight. You know that kind of thing. But they're very different, you know. There's yeah. something mm -hmm. else with them, and I, why all of a sudden did this place with the food come up? They need food desperately. She keeps talking about how she has to feed her kid, you know, and all of a sudden you remember, oh yeah, there's this place, food. Yeah. So that yeah. And, and Daryl kind of has like this look on his face, yeah. like what engines did. He's kind of like he just kind of like looks over, like what. <laughs> You know, and I think when she was telling the story about the old man and pushing the cart back to the house and finding the people and finding the food and this, that, and the other, you know, it it, it felt to me that she was choosing her words carefully. 
Mm-hmm. And and I and it almost seemed like she was holding back something or or a lot of some things. And to me, she kept saying, "I took care of them. I took care of them. I took care of them." What does that mean? Because if mm-hmm. you're if you're trying to show them, if you're trying to show the rest of the group how much of a savage you are, I would have looked them in the eyes and been like, you know what, I put a bull between, you know, in their head and didn't think twice about it. That would have been more impactful than saying, I took care of it. I took care of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it, it just, I don't know, it, it seemed very weird to me. And I can't help but wonder if there's more to that story that she's not letting on. Well, the first time I heard her say it, she, she was like, I took care of them. I was like, wait, I had like, so like you took care of like would you feed them like out of like, <laughs> here comes you, the airplane you, you yeah know. like did you help them give birth to the baby like yeah. what did you like yeah so and that 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 part of the whole story like never mind the fact that well I guess not never mind the fact but you're armless you're legless <laughs> you know like these these and she described the 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 things that went after her as not not as men like. Mm-hmm. So, like, what were they? Yeah. You know, was this some kind of... I'm thinking to myself, this is, like, some kind of, like, um, incestual kind of deformed, you know... Yeah. I don't know, you know? Like, what... So, if they weren't people, what you know, what were they? Yeah. Well, I also thought the story was very conveniently told at a time where she's trying to distract people from the fact of what she just did. So, mm. you know, I'm like... I got, I, like I said, I just have all these, like... I'm like, okay, there's something going on here... And it was just very convenient that she tells this story right after, okay, forget what I did over here. Let's hear, let's hear this ghost story. You know, I don't, you know, is it just more symbolic of, I I don't know. I don't know. It just, I have a lot of questions. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's why I said like with her, I went on like this emotional kind of like back and forth. She tells Mm -hmm. us a story and I'm thinking, wow, she went through a lot of shit. So she, yeah, she's damaged, you know, like things or whatever, but. Hey, she's able to take care of her kid, and she wants to do this, and she wants to do that. And then you get the group after what you just went through. Now you start talking about this place that has supplies. Before <laughs> you go, like, like what? What are you doing? Why? Why are you like? I feel like you're. She's playing games with everybody's heads. You know. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> even us. She's playing games yeah. with our heads. <laughs> it's like. I know last week I gave her kind of props for being like a leader, you know, and parallel to like Rick. And I got a lot of shit for that, but it it felt like, you know, all right, Maggie wants to step up. She wants to, you know, take over. She wants to be that person. And now, you know, this week I'm like, I don't know who the hell this chick is or what she thinks she's doing. I don't even think she knows what the hell she's doing, honestly. Well, yeah. In the chat, they're saying that they think she killed Georgie. And then she does in the Reapers. They're thinking that they're going to go to the food storage and it's good. there's going to be walkers there. It's going to be Georgie and the twins. Um, they're not buying Maggie's story. And that's, it's a pie said, that story that Maggie told, there's more there or is one of those symbolic stories that what actually happened is not what she said. So, mm-hmm. oh, and, Ren- and Renee said she's referring to Georgie as the old man. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, but anyway, the, but then getting in, then going down the the walk or the road there with all those bodies hanging, holy crap! <laughs> so, if anybody does a rewatch of that, 
Let me know what you think, because I rewatched it. And as they're walking down, the camera pans so that they show them walking down the roadway. Camera pans and it shows you the bodies, but then it shows you a shot, a clear shot, a moonlit clear shot down the whole roadway. Nothing there. Literally, next frame, all hell breaks loose. And they're walking down the roadway. I'm like, yeah. where the fuck did these guys come from? <laughs> you know, like, what, you just showed me a wide open road. Now there's what? I was I was kind of just like again like, what are you doing? You just gave me one view of what they were seeing. Just showed it to me. Then you turn the camera around and this is what I'm seeing. Yeah. So what did they, they all have like flat? Did they all like have the smoke bombs, Batman smoke bombs, and they all just fucking appear? Like, what the hell? You know it's funny. It's funny you said Batman because um someone had, <laughs> someone had, someone had made a joke about shipping. Maggie and Negan together, and I said, "Well, you know, never forget that they were Batman's parents too." Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Sure, so yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, once again, they they ended, they went towards the end of that show where they let off with it being very dark. You know, they're using these bodies hanging upside down, you know, to, to basically to outline the roadway, and, and Negan's like, "Yeah, we should double back." I'm like, yeah, no shit, you should double back. Like, yes. And, and think about how Negan always used to, you know, him and him and the Sabres would always block off the roadways. Yep. Negan saw that, anybody who sees that as a sign says, this, we should not go down this road anymore. Let's find another way. Yeah. And, and she wants to keep pushing. So, you know, it's just... Uh, I know it's for theatrics, and I know it's for a part of the show, but it's like, come on, no one in their right mind is going to say this looks like a great, this looks like a great path to take. <laughs> Definitely do it. This is this is exactly where we need to be right now. Yeah. So nobody. Yeah, Ty's asking is are is that his actual neighborhood or is it just? See, and that's why I think Negan knows it so well, and well, that's why I think. He lived in the area. Well, she, I think she's asking, like, is, is that his, like, where, right, the street where he used to live? And I didn't, I said, I thought, I know he lived in the area, but I didn't know if that's, like, the street he lived on. I didn't hear that or anything. Oh. So I wasn't I sure. I don't know. Okay. So, I, yeah, she just asked that, and I, I didn't know that for sure. I just know he lived in the area, and that's why. Um, and I know he said, you know, well, it's really gone to shit since I've been here last or something. So right. I didn't, yeah, it's. It, yeah, not sure. You know, it, it, that, that could also be why he said, um, you know, bad memories in yeah, a subway right. car. You know, Just, it, yeah, it could, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, he's probably, he, I'm sure he's been in that subway system a few times, you know, and yeah. who knows at what point or when. Yeah. So, you know, he seemed literally, even in the first episode when they were walking down the corridor. And all those bodies were in the bags. He did not want to go down there any further because <laughs> I, and he, he said something similar to like just not wanting to be. It's a bad idea to be in this area. Yeah. So something happened in the beginning for him to have all these emotions now. Yeah. Like I feel like he might have an idea of what all took place or, or, or you know, and everything that happened. Um. Because, yeah, that was still, and those body bag thing, we never did get, like, an explanation. What the heck is that? I mean, maybe we will, but, I mean, that was bizarre when they cut their, you know, vocal cord yeah. or their neck. You know, that's just a lot of effort. 
and then to wrap them all in bags and yeah it's crazy so yeah hopefully well the four the four pregnant women that maggie came across had their voice yeah. their, their voice boxes cut out yeah mm -hmm. so there's a lot of connecting you know there's connecting lines all over the place mm -hmm. so who knows what people were doing what and how they're how they're all joined mm -hmm. so you know and pi made a good point too that you know negan remembers all the old tricks you know people need to start listening to him and, and i agree you it, yeah. it's almost that mentality of you know it's like you you hire you know <laughs> a serial killer to profile serial killers it, it's like <laughs> you you need someone that's just as crazy as the bad guy yeah to understand the mentality of the bad guy and, and negan yeah. negan was probably you know even more than alpha was negan's probably the biggest thorn in, that's ever been on their side and he's yeah. still around mm -hmm. again it's a good statement i mean i would yeah i would <laughs> use him to my advantage 100 yeah. i mean yeah but yeah as far as uh the way it ended um you know they show uh what's um what, what's gabe what was gabe's dad right that was, yeah, that's um, Roy. 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 Yeah. He was that. Yes, that's C. Tommy Howell. He, he, was, he was Pony Boy in the Outsiders. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, right at the end of the show, he takes an yeah. arrow to the Yeah. And, and it's also already... screenshot that Cole's arm got, his hand got cut off. I mean, I know he got whacked with something. I thought it hit his leg, but somebody said his hand got cut off. Well, it does hit him, and it looks like whatever hits him, he either yeah. had his hand there. Because he is holding his hands, but it, whatever got whatever got him got him in the leg as well. It like yeah. takes him off and gets him in the leg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and I don't know if they show. Do they show? I don't want to say it if they don't show it. Never mind. <laughs> Can't remember. What in doubt? Don't let it out. <laughs> you know. Um, and speaking of like you know kind of you know weird injuries. Again, you know, I think Chris said it, you know, the show has to have a certain level of fiction. It's not real. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a huge what if. But rounding back to the beginning of the episode, I find it very hard to believe that Maggie would have escaped completely unscathed. Yeah, I know. I mean, she and they, I mean, obviously, they open up the show with her going off and shooting and, you know, and this and that. Yeah. And then they start converging on top of her. You know, it's like. How did you not get bit on your leg as you were dragging yourself underneath? You know, I mean, yeah. they keep characters alive, obviously. That's the point of it, but, yep. you know, I mean, you're literally surrounded. And uh, most people take take the L in that situation. So, but Maggie's not most people. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot like Glenn and the dumpster, am I right? Of course. Yeah. And, uh, that's, Everybody that's, on Twitter was saying that. <laughs> yeah. That's the correlation yeah. we do. Let's link the two characters, you know, even though he's dead, and, but let's, this is going to be like their legacy, you know? Yep. They, they find these, these ways to link them and, yeah. and give them something to, you know, share in their storyline. You know, that, that so. just, you know, it, it rounds right back to the, the parallel. Um, I think there was a Linda or Pie made about, you know, Noah and Glenn. And then you, then you talk about, um, you know, Gage and Maggie. You know the, the similarities there. You know he, you know he was pressed up against the glass and getting eaten by a zombie. You know by a bunch of zombies while everybody else yeah. watched. Yeah. But Glenn did not have a choice. You know that that was 
that was it. You know, they 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 had to watch it, but Maggie chose yeah. to let it happen. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's and a I, cool comparison, but it's like to keep them separate as well. Yeah, and I admit he he for the way he looked at her and called her a liar. You know, uh, I was like, yeah. Everyone did the governor thing for that. They were saying that in the chat too. Is you yeah. know, the governor liar? They were all using yeah. that on Twitter last night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, but I mean, hit hard, you know, hit hard. So, well-deserved, though, you know, it was, he might have been a douche, but, you know, did he deserve to die? No. <laughs> and, and, you know, Steph made a good point, too. She goes, Daryl would never have let Gage die like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he would have. Yeah. Nope. I said that last time on Twitter. Yeah, it was like, the way. Yep, and you know, aside from when Daryl first lost Merle, you know, Daryl kind of like went a little unhinged for a little bit there, but for the most part, Daryl's been fairly consistent in his in his in his mental state and just the way that he handles things. Right. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out why he would keep that bag with the kid's note in it and the photo and everything else. I'm just you know like I don't know. I know there was like some snacks in there that I think he kept or gave he gave to somebody. But and then when they were all sitting outside waiting to 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 leave, Maggie, Maggie had asked them about you know how you know how it was down there or whatever. Yeah. You know, did you see anything or find anything? And he was like, nope. You know, I I don't know. I keeping it is it necessary for him to to keep it from her or from everybody? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I try to like, is this a big deal if you were to tell him? Yeah. You know, like what, what, you know, why, why not, why not say what you saw, but it's Daryl, you know, he's got his reasons and I'm sure we're going to find out soon, but you know, I was kind of like, wow. He, and Maggie of all people, you would think he would have that conversation with about, you know, what was down there and what he saw, but he completely just, no, nothing good. So that was kind of, I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure, like I said, with Daryl, he doesn't do things without a reason, so. Yeah, for sure. But next week's a doozy. <laughs> Guys, um, can go watch it if you, if yeah. you can. Go watch it. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. So, Can't wait. I've been holding out. You're, Renee, you're going to get some of your questions answered. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> we, yeah. we are approaching uh, the one hour mark do we want to okay. uh maybe open yeah. up the questions if anybody's got any questions for us or anything like that sure absolutely if anybody's got any questions or you know talking points whatever yep. let them go now we uh now we stare awkwardly at the screen for 30 seconds while the, while the light catches up well, yeah. Wants to know what kind of pistol that Daryl had. She asked earlier what kind of pistol he had that he could shoot that many rounds, and I said he's Daryl Dixon. He can shoot as many rounds as he wants. I mean, <laughs> I'd have to go back and count the head count, but I mean, look, my Glock holds um, fifteen plus one, so sixteen rounds. You know, they they make they do have pistols that have extended magazines, but I don't even think. That didn't look he like an extended was, magazine. He was, one, he was one shot per head per headshot because he was literally the cinematography on that was pretty cool. By it the way. was the way he moved, the way, <laughs> way he moved to the train. Yeah, very close kills. You know, like bop bop. They were literally like a foot or two in front of him. So I mean, uh, I don't know how many he he did kill. 
to have to go back and count, but I mean, like I said, I know that my Glock holds 16 yeah. bolts together. And that's just a standard magazine. It's not like I bought, you know, one with high capacity. Yep. So, I mean, you could you could kill, depending on the pistol, you could kill up to 15 or 16. If you headshot each one of them perfectly the first time, which, of course, we all know they do. <laughs> <laughs> but like like Daryl and his magical throwing knives from episode one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he, he had the... Or when they had to clear the carts out and they're bow and arrows, you're in a subway car, yeah. and two of you side by side, letting them go, and it's headshots all over the place. I'm like, man, there's a lot of elbow room in this subway. <laughs> Renee goes, but he didn't have a Glock. It was like a John Wick thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, it was. It could have been. It could have been a 1911. I mean, look, there's so many models of pistols out there. Well, that that's Who like uh, when the when the saviors attacked um, Alexandria. Was it? Was it Daryl that had the futuristic Call of Duty Infinite Warfare looking gun? Yeah, <laughs> like with uh, the snow camouflage. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, like, where did he get that thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he st- he stole it from Mercer with it with his pump his pumpkin spacesuit. It did look like a it did look like a Commonwealth gun actually. Yeah, yeah, pumpkin suit. <laughs> A pump, what, what do you call it? A pumpkin spacesuit? <laughs> the actor actually named it. I think it, Mr. Sherbert, I think is what he calls it, actually. The the actor actually named his outfit. Yeah, that's funny. Mr. Sherbert. Yeah. Oh, and, and so they're talking about guns and stuff. My, I can't believe I didn't ask this question. How did nobody hear Maggie shooting? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Especially in a long tunnel like that. So they, okay, so they're in. Okay, they can only go in through the roof. None of the doors could open, obviously, on any of the cars. So they got to be within the car that she is falling off of. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, no, <laughs> but there's things like that. That's what I'm saying. We pick up on things like that with these shows. Sometimes it's kind of like and we have to remember, you know, as much as it's like you know <laughs> something like the doors, you know, opening the way they opened. You know, we have to remember that a lot of it's done for. Whatever yeah. reason, but yeah, I, where's Maggie? Oh, she was right behind me. You, she didn't hear her for her life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny, uh, Jeannie. So we did, we we did just uh, we went over that earlier on, and uh, I think I can safely say that everybody, all us three, and the whole chat, I think none of us think that's actually Stephanie. I think we're, we're all, we, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think we all safely can say that's probably not her. Yeah. yeah. And then, Pi, what do you mean? She's Pi saying, "Will we find out about the stupid armor soon?" Uh, what do you want to? I guess. I I think she means like, well, you know, I, I would say the meaning of them is, is the fact that they are probably some kind of PVC plastic, which means they're pretty fairly bite proof. Um, mm. so they protect them against the walker's bite. Um, you know, essentially, their only you know exposure would be their neck. And so I think yeah. that one that's to to limit the exposure to the walkers. Yeah, it looks like just some kind of molded plastic. Yeah, I mean because you because you, you, could, any... you could take certain like PVC plastics for like cosplay and stuff like that, and if you heat them up just enough but not too much, you could actually mold them to be whatever shape mm-hmm. you want them to be, and they'll still hold their structural integrity, but yeah, they yeah. you know they won't they won't break. Yeah, I mean they might maybe they have a vest on underneath those things to make them you know bulletproof but those just look like plastic shells that they 
you know, clip together. Yeah, I think, so I think it's more for the walkers. She says, but where the hell they came from, who is making them at, in a zombie apocalypse? I, so yeah. I, I mean, it's it's no different than when you had Hilltop and you had Alexandria and all these you know communities that were you know you had people designated to gun making, you had people designated to bullet making, you had people designated to the armory. You know, like it was just mm-hmm. another job. This was somebody's job that someone made a decision and said, you know what, it's it's that 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 molded plastic, that PVC plastic, whatever material it is, is probably very easy to get. Um, it's not yeah. uh, it's not as Everything- Bumpers on cars are plastic. Half the cars yeah. these days are made of. You could melt down a whole car. Yeah, literally, <laughs> and you would have enough plastic to make armor. Yeah, yeah. And the, to make the mold. Yeah, and in, in the comics, the Commonwealth is highly advanced. I mean, yep. they've got crazy things that you. I mean, they have really made huge strides at getting a lot of things back to the way. I mean, I, I guess I can't think off the top of my head. Of course, you know things right now, but. You know, there's a lot. They've made huge advancements. So. Yeah, and you know, think about think about the selection process that we've witnessed so far. Um, the Commonwealth obviously has a very selected, very focused selection process, and that's that's intentional for a reason. They want people, and I think that Yumiko said it. You know, you want people who are going to benefit the society as a whole and not not just be a drain on resources. And mm-hmm. so, people like Eugene would be considered possibly. You know, I, I know he got accepted, but you know, they probably did that strategically to try to get information out of him, not because they felt that he could contribute anything to the Commonwealth. But then you have people like Yumiko's brother, who's a, a cardiothoracic surgeon. Well, why would you want to recruit him? Right? Because he could literally save people's lives. Doctors are valuable. We've seen, you know, many doctors throughout the whole show. Then you have people who, you know, are gunsmiths, metalsmiths, things like that. Those, th- those things are valuable in an apocalypse mm-hmm. where there's not a high abundance of these types of people. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, just got to give it time. We got to let the episodes come, and then we'll, we'll obviously, we're going to learn more and see more about the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure they'll have, you know, when uh, Mercer said that, you know, when he leads them through the gates for their orientation and all that stuff. So, I imagine part of that orientation is going to be walking around and seeing what it's all about. Yeah. So, give it a week or two. We'll Ren- get yeah. it. R- Renee said she, she counted. Yeah, she, she counted. It was 16 shots. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. And then I also said it was a, uh, where did she, why are they stupid candy striped armors? What a stupid, <laughs> stupid decision. So Tiffany, Tiffany said that they made them during Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they that like there's Star some Wars kind of, Troopers. I'm sure there's some kind of like um, chain of command way, reason why they did it. Uniform reasons why they did it. You know, with, with Mercer being uh, from West Point. You know, I'm sure he had a big decision in, in the colors or, or the reasons why. So maybe they'll answer those questions, uh, you know. I, I, I think it'll be important I, to learn what his military rank was as well. Um, yeah. Because I, I'm willing to bet he was probably some some high-ranking official in the military. Um, and that's probably why he's the leader of, of their military. Probably. And that's going to play and, a huge part of their structure. Yeah. And for all we know, the person who made is making the armor. Maybe they're a huge Star Wars fan, and they wanted to look. You know, they wanted to look like stormtroopers. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, look, that's what they look like to me. They look like a a a stormtrooper in white. You know what they almost? You know what they look like to me? If you've watched Hunger Games, they look like the peacekeepers. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do. 
yeah that that's what that's what i that's what i think and and the distinction you know the point of a uniform you know chris and i can especially test to this mm-hmm. is the point is that you are a visual deterrent you know yep. whether whether it's law enforcement you know security whatever you know military it, it's about visual deterrent you know if you mm-hmm. see somebody in a clear designated uniform and you know that's the military you know who that's security you know that's police you're less likely to do something stupid mm-hmm. and so if you make them stand out like a sore thumb yeah. They can be seen from mile, you know, from a mile away. You know who they are, and you're more likely to stay within the lines that they designate within the law. Right, that's true. Yeah, because I mean, think about it. Who knows how many soldiers they have? But if you were to see, uh, you know, um, a field, you know, with nothing but all those white uniforms, and then and Mercer in the orange at front, and there's thousands of them you know that's like okay <laughs> we're not gonna win this one we should yeah we should go back you know <laughs> uh, imagine if negan and the saviors had faced off against the commonwealth you know and, and faced off against their military you know that alone right there is a psychological mind fuck you know seeing mm-hmm. a wave of white with the one and the orange in the middle <laughs> and, and, and you got the ragtag biker crew you know right. leather jackets and jeans you know it, it yeah, I think that I think that serves a very specific purpose. I think it's more about functionality than it is about style. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I looked online, and Mer- all I can find out is that Mercer served in the Marines. If that helps. Okay. So yeah. I didn't find a rank or anything, but just that he was in the Marines. He's clearly a drill instructor. Clearly. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. All right, how are we looking? Yeah, just asking who's Deanna, haha. Ha. Uh, I said maybe Mercer was just a janitor at West Point. <laughs> maybe he was a baker who pie. <laughs> like moist pie? Yes. <laughs> Can't wait for Linda to clip that one. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> And then Renee said, "Do you think that they'll they'll be bring? I think she meant bring in the herd. Bring, yeah, she's okay. Bring in the herd like they did in the comics in reference to the Commonwealth. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, we don't know how deep they're going to get in with this season. You know, it's how much are they really going to be able to do and pull out." of you know this final season yeah so who knows what they were able to really accomplish you know and get done you know comic book wise yeah you know that's also the thing too is that the show has not been shy about (laughs) deviating away from the comics yeah if they did everything the way the comics were and i know i know chris and i've said this a million times on every show you know we 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 recapped an episode we've talked about this um if they did word by word what the comic books did Nobody would tune into the show. Uh, not nobody, but a, a significantly lower amount because you would know what to expect week by week. Right. And there's no suspense that way. There's, you know, it, you know, it's like when they when they changed up all the relationships. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. In the comics, it was Michonne and Ezekiel. You know what I mean? It was Rick and um, Andrea. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. And, and they change it up because it keeps you on your toes. It keeps that suspense, that cliffhanger. It keeps that sense of wonder going. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, most we just. I mean, how many episodes we got left? They've only done two, so yeah, like, two. Yeah, so I mean, we got we got plenty more ahead. So we'll see what they were. It all depends on what they, uh, what they really felt like, you know, was important in working on it in in order to wrap this show up. Yeah. So it sucks to say that, but yeah. yeah. It really does suck to actually like say that word, those words, <laughs> to wrap up and finalize the show. But... They, they announced that they have they have gotten halfway through filming. Yeah. So that's yeah. You know the, the only yeah. the only good thing we got going is the fact that there's a plethora of movies that have been confirmed. <laughs> there's a plethora of, of spinoffs that are coming. Um, yeah. You know, it, I I think that the Walking Dead universe is going to be a, a twenty or thirty year you know, investment. I really do. I, I think that they have such a, between, you know, TV, between movies, between video games, um, comics, they could keep this going for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you still got in fear too. I mean, don't yeah. sleep on fear, you know, yeah. fear just, fear just had a, a nuclear explosion. So <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And they're, they're kicking off, I think in October. Yeah. I think so, right October, Halloween. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I know everybody doesn't like World Beyond, but there's there's supposed to be a lot of clues in the, the second season. So whether you like it or not, there's going to be clues. They're alluding there'll be clues to Rick. So I mean, Rick's not going to be in it, but there you know there 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 should be a lot of clues. Hmm. You know, that they haven't said it, but they you know, they keep dancing around the fact that that could segue into the movies. Yeah. So. Okay. So. I haven't. I still haven't watched it. I have to, you know, it's, turn it's, it on and you just have to look at it. It's not. It's nothing like The Walking Dead. It's a bunch of teenage kids who have lived behind walls, and they, you know, they venture outside those walls. They have no idea how to kill a walker. They have no idea how to live outside those walls. And that's what everybody's complaint about it is: is that well, they don't know how to kill. Well, yeah, they've lived inside these walls their whole lives. You know, they were bo- they they weren't born in the apocalypse, but they were very young when it has, you know when the outbreak occurred. And so then as soon as, you know, they, they rushed them inside and they, they stayed within these walls the whole time. So it's, you know, and I mean, it's, you know, of course, nothing's going to be The Walking Dead because we all love that. That's our, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's just, it's, I don't know. But I think, you know, in the second season, I think it's just a lot of it's going to give us some clues and things. So, yeah. All right. I mean, look, they said the same thing about when Fear started. Exactly. Fear- Fear's not the Walking Dead, you know, blah 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 blah. These people don't know what they're doing. This was the beginning of the outbreak. <laughs> like, no, no one knew what they were doing. No one knew what the hell was going on. Yeah. Of course, it's not the Walking Dead. <laughs> you know, before the Walking Dead, like it's just, but no one wanted to get it. <laughs> and then once people started getting it, and then they started watching it and liking it. That's, that's funny. Uh-huh. Steph said, I think Dog is seeking out Leah because I think Leah is close by. And then uh, Pi said, Ryan, if we meet Leah soon, blink twice. And I, I blinked like 16 times. And Pi goes, was that two blinks? I think it was two blinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... Pollyanna yeah. is, is set to pop up in World Beyond. Oh, yeah, I haven't heard that. Oh, really? Interesting. I know, I know she's supposed to be in the movies with Rick. Yeah, I know that's movie. I know that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. I think I think that's a trilogy, right? I think they they confirm that's going to be a three movie trilogy. Okay. So that well, I don't know that they they that's initially what Rick you know what uh, Andrew Lincoln signed on for, yep. but 
we'll see what happens. Plus, yeah. with COVID, who the hell knows? Because, I mean, most of the filming is supposed to be in Atlanta, right? For the movies, I assume. And yeah, he's in the yeah. and I know, well, I know Andrew Lincoln was filming something in Canada, but okay. it was something for Netflix, so I have no idea. But yeah. I've never, um, one of the writers confirmed that he was filming something, but no one knew what it was. But it, it could, it, it, I, I doubt it's the movie. It's because they're working on all these, you know, the series right now. So I don't know what that was. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, Renee, Renee said Leah, Leah is with the Reapers, and I, yeah, I believe that 100%. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. Good so, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So next week is Labor Day. Yep. Do you guys have a problem with doing it next? Or you guys, I mean, I don't, but. I have to confirm because my family and I are going this coming weekend to Salem, Massachusetts, going to see the uh, the witch uh, the witch museum and the like mm-hmm. all like uh, the spots where they did the burnings and the hangings and stuff That's like that awesome. of the witches. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm super into like that paranormal weird stuff. So I uh, I know I've talked about it before, but um, yeah. So we're going there for the weekend, and I think we're coming back Sunday. I think, but I'll confirm and I'll let you guys know and. We'll send something on social media, or if you guys want to just do it, you too, you know, obviously. You're frozen. I am? There you are. No, you're not. You're better now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if not Monday, we'll do Tuesday. It's fine. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll go with me. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably, hopefully by then, I'll, I'm out of quarantine as of Friday, so. <laughs> you gotta go get a retest and take it from there but um yeah i'll be able to be a part of civilization again <laughs> good yeah i like it but all right yeah we'll be right, able to do it more <laughs> yeah thanks everybody appreciate right. it thanks for hanging out with us during the uh quarantine episode definitely <laughs> this was an interesting episode for sure but uh one for the books yeah oh well, hey we're gonna ride it we ride with it that's it Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, all right people we'll talk to you guys soon and, we... uh, we'll see you guys next week we'll talk about Trace yes mm-hmm. have a good night guys good night Later. hey Renee, Chris, and Ryan going live. Best podcast, Beauty and the Beast. Sit back and catch a vibe. Oh, yeah, we talking zombies and apocalypses and all those things you like. Going beast mode, and if you didn't know, it's Peter Z up on the mic. Hey, TWD family, grab the snacks about the pantry and subscribe and like them. If you can, please, or those walkers eat you like some candy. Hey, hey, (laughs) okay. You at the right place at the right time. No one does it better. That's the bottom line. Beauty and the Beast. This is prime time. Let's go.